The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello. And welcome to Crimes Against Humanity. This is an interesting week that we're doing this week. This week we're looking at the exploitation of males, whether it's adult males or boys. And I've done a lot of research on this because, quite frankly, we just don't give this enough attention. Now, I was thinking to myself this morning, why? Why would you want to listen? Why would you want to know more about this? Why do I want to know about it? Well, quite frankly, it's happening whether we look at it or not, and I think it's important that we be informed. It's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, Trafficking involving males just simply doesn't get enough attention. It seems like all the focus is on the young teenage girl, and certainly, certainly that is a travesty. There is no doubt. But there's a lot more exploitation of males going on in our lives than I think we really want to look at. Sometimes it's labor and sometimes it's sex trafficking. And by the way, they're not mutually exclusive. Labor trafficking, you can be put out to work, and if you don't make enough money, they simply sexually violate you or vice versa. So I want to educate our audience today so that you can look around. There's more of this going on than we ever thought possible. I recently did an eight-hour presentation to a lockdown facility involving males, and so I was kind of forced into looking at this. I can't tell you, I just raised my hand and said, oh, I think I'll look at this. And I was captivated by many of the cases that I was looking at, and I was captivated by how a um, we just don't see it. We don't acknowledge it. We may see it, but we don't acknowledge the reality of it. And I wanted you to be able to look at it. Sometimes it's a unsuspecting teenage boys lured through the promise of a modeling job. And I'll show you a couple of those cases today. Or maybe they're promised a free iPhone. Sometimes it's sextortion, and Susie Carpenter's on the phone with us today and on the air with us today, and she's going to also talk to you a little bit about the sextortion of males. Sometimes they get involved in an app like Grindr, and sometimes, literally, they are coerced through a video chat room. Sometimes those video chat rooms are connected to gaming. So sometimes it's survival sex and where they're lured into or forced into trading their body for food or shelter to have a place to stay. 
Interesting enough, the research indicates that about 60% of the cases where males are trafficked, those males are heterosexual. I think that we all have some sort of bias that just assumes if a male is being trafficked that they're gay. But I think you're going to be surprised at what is really going on here. Some of this challenge that we have is society attitudes. You know, we, we are kind of born, raised, and harbor our own biases. We may naturally think men are self-sufficient. Uh, we often think of them as the rescuer when we, especially if you're looking at law enforcement and looking at the biases of law enforcement. I've been involved in training quite a bit of law enforcement, training with them and training them. And uh, it's interesting how so many of your law enforcement people, by their very nature, by their very way of surviving, are somewhat macho. They're uh, very athletic and they don't see males as being uh, someone who might be being exploited. I also think that just the concept of being a victim is a challenge in there. So we also think that men have to do what they have to do to make a living. So it's an interesting thing when we look at why and how males are exploited. So before I get started here, I want to tell you, this is not a monologue. This should be a dialogue, and I want your opinion. I want your experience. I want to know more about you, especially we realized this week uh, we were told we're the number one show now on Voice America Variety Channel. Blow me away. Hey, thank you all. Thank you all for getting involved with this cause and following us, regardless of where you're at in the world If we know more information, we will know how to combat that. So especially if you're in a foreign country, please email me at opal at millionkids.org. And you can follow us on Facebook at Million Kids. That's M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids, because literally a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. If you want to call in to Susie and I, uh, feel free to do that. We'd love to have your input. That number is 1-866-472-5788, 1-866-472-5788. Well, I'm going to start off first. The first segment, we're going to be dealing with labor trafficking of males and also boys, for what it's worth. And then we're going to be talking about sex trafficking of males. And then we're going to be talking about the sextortion, especially of teenage boys and how that happens, what motivates that, and, and uh, how that comes about. And more importantly, how do we find it and how do we stop it? So I want to tell about a couple of labor trafficking cases. And the reason I want you to do this is I find, if you're like me, you have biases. And, uh, you know, I'm amazed at myself. Somehow I think I work in this business. I'm not biased. I'm as biased as anybody out there. <laughs> Who am I kidding? As I begin to look at these cases, the first case we're going to look at is uh, what is known as the Bay Bridge case, and it involves 48 Thai welders. And this case actually has been adjudicated and finalized, and it was done with a, a friend of mine, somebody who I greatly, greatly admire, is Anna Park, who heads up the EEOC out in Los Angeles, and she really bulldogged this case. It's really an interesting thing. So how does a, a grown male get trafficked? 
Well, think about this. What happens is that in this case, they had a contract with Transbay Steel, Inc., and this contract was to do welding on the San Francisco Bay Bridge. Now, you would never think of human trafficking when you look at that bridge. You just wouldn't. You just assume everything is deeply uh, embedded in government contracts and eight different copies and all kinds of competitive bidding, and it probably didn't happen. But in this case, they subcontracted this, and they subcontracted the recruitment to a company called Coda Manpower. Now, I contend that much of overseas labor trafficking that ends up in the U.S. really comes through employment agencies. And I've done some work out here that I really want to be able to talk to and work with our labor department so that um, we address the issue of labor recruiters. And I just realized I didn't turn my uh, computer off and it keeps updating. And so we're going to get rid of this little sound. Bear with me a second. There we go. So let's talk about labor recruiting. What happened here is that they needed welders. Uh, They actually wanted to recruit a lot of them. Before it was over, there were a case with 13 of them. And it was a $1.4 million settlement. And basically what was happening here is that these guys were told they were going to come over and be welders on the San Francisco Bridge. And so that sounds exciting. Let's say you live in Thailand and you're a, uh, excuse me, you're live in Thailand and you're a welder and you're making, let's say, $10,000 a year. All of a sudden they come over to you and say, hey, you can make a lot of money in a short period of time. And this often happens, and we hear about jobs overseas where Americans go over there and they're promised high wages. So in this case, they actually paid a fee up front of $12,500. That is a huge amount of money in Thailand, $12,500 to be able to get this job over here. Well, when they got here, it wasn't what they thought. They signed contracts, they paid the money, they came in legally. Now, I really want you to think about that as how that looks to that man. Here's a man in Thailand. He probably has three or four kids. His family is depending on him for income. They're all excited. He gets to come to the U.S. He's going to make more money than he's made in a long, long time. He'll be able to put it away so that his kids can go to college. It's a legitimate job through a legitimate recruiter. He comes into the United States legitimately. Everything looks really, really good. But then when they got here, the first thing that happened to them is their passports were confiscated. And they weren't allowed to come and go as they wanted to. In fact, they were forced to work without pay. Many of them never even made it to working on the bridge. Many of them were divided up and put into small Thai restaurants down in Seal Beach and Long Beach, California. And many of them that worked on the bridge were forced into cramped apartments without electricity, water, or gas. They were often forced to do all kinds of menial work that had nothing to do with welding. There were some reports early on that some of these people weren't even allowed to be called by name. They were given numbers, and so they were treated subhumanly. So it's an interesting thing, the way all of this happens, is because it looks like you're going to do something legitimate. How do we fault these men? I mean, this could be any man on earth. Somehow we judge them like, well, what were you thinking and blah, blah, blah. 
This could happen to any male on earth in there who needed the money, who came over. Well, before it's over, they happened to talk to one particular guy. He said that his personal construction firm in Bangkok had gone belly up. And so he really had to pay a loan shark a a lot of money to be able to borrow the $12,500 to get here. But he was desperate to provide for his family, so he borrowed the money from a bank, which happened to be a loan shark bank, and he paid exorbitant uh, interest. When he got here, he wasn't free to go, and on top of that, he's humiliated. How do you tell your family back home that you've failed or failed again or that you've been taken advantage of? Your role is to provide for your family. So can you see how easily a man can be taken in in something like that? It never turns out the way that you think. Well, labor trafficking is an issue that is near and dear to my heart. That's just one of many, many cases. We've seen it on oil rigs. We've seen it in construction. We've seen it in agriculture. We see it. uh, There's one that is listed on our website where young boys were brought in and literally forced to kill thousands of chickens a day. They were brought in from Latin America and Mexico and to de-beak those chickens all day long. They had no idea when they came in that was where they were headed. They were Many of them were horribly violated. And so I want you to open your eyes around you. We need to take a hard break here. It's time to uh, break off. We'll come back. I'll finish a little bit about labor trafficking, and then we're going to go into the sex trafficking of, of uh, males. We'll be right back. Thanks. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers. is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You 
You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hi, and welcome back. Well, I really want to get into the sex trafficking of males, but quite frankly, I really have it on my heart to finish talking to you about this issue of male trafficking, especially through labor trafficking. There's a couple of more cases I want to review with you. One of them has to do with young boys that were brought in through the Border Kid program that you're seeing, where if you're under 18 and you make it to the U.S., you're allowed to stay. And this involved boys from Guatemala that were uh, violated on an egg ranch. Now, they came in, they were given a visa to stay, and they thought they were going to go to school. So Susie's on with us. I'm going to have her share that specifics of that case with you. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I thought I would read from the case. Um, This is directly from the Department of Justice's press release, and it says, Leader of human trafficking organization sentenced to over 15 years for exploiting Guatemalan migrants at Ohio egg farms. Araldo Castillo Serrano, 33, was sentenced to 188 months in prison, and Ana Angelica Pedro Juan, 22, was sentenced to 10 years in prison. U.S. District Judge James G. Carr of the Northern District of Ohio also ordered the defendants to pay a total of $67,230 in restitution jointly and severally to the victims. Now, Castillo Serrano pleaded guilty on August 24, 2015 to conspiracy to commit forced labor, forced, uh, forced labor witness tampering, and alien harboring charges. Pedro Juan pleaded guilty on December 14, 2015 to conspiracy to commit forced labor. According to documents filed in the case and admissions made in court in connection with the guilty pleas, the defendants and their associates recruited workers from Guatemala, some as young as 14 or 15 years old, by falsely promising them good, uh, good jobs and a chance to attend school in the United States. The defendants then smuggled and transported the workers to a trailer park in Marion, Ohio, where they ordered them to live in dilapidated trailers and to work at physically demanding jobs at Trillium Farms for up to 12 hours a day for minimal amounts of money. The work included cleaning chicken coops, loading and unloading crates of chickens, debeaking chickens, and vaccinating chickens. Eight minors and two adults were identified in the indictment as victims of the forced labor scheme. Castillo Serrano recruited the victims, smuggled them into the United States, oversaw money transfers, and issued threats to ensure compliance. Pedro Juan falsely represented herself to government officials as a family friend of the minor victims in order to have them released to her custody. She also oversaw the trailers where the victims were housed and arranged for their wages to be transferred to co-conspirators in Guatemala and elsewhere. How's that for a case? I hope that the audience here, the listeners, really pick up on this. Did you notice that was she did that? 60% of our cases in sex trafficking involve a female. I find that interesting. But I want to take away from the sanitized version and imagine what this is like. You're down in Guatemala and you get to come to the United States. You probably pay a small fortune to get here. 
And you're all excited because you get here and you think you're going to go to school and you're put on a chicken ranch in Ohio. Now, I didn't know they de-beaked chickens, just the very image of that. Oh, my God, the poor chicken, what are they doing? Can you imagine getting up, doing that all day, every day, working out there in that chicken coop? Now, somebody saw this. I mean, if they're living in a trailer park, somebody saw it. Where did it get reported? How do we stop this? Take a look around. I think about that when you see these guys out here on the freeway on-ramps in California. They're selling flowers and oranges. They are paying back their debt bondage. What is happening here is this is called debt bondage. When you get brought into the United States, you agree to pay your recruiter a fee. Most people don't have that full amount of that fee. And then what happens is they pay what they can, and they think when they get here, I'll get a job, and I'll pay them back. But it isn't like they say, well, hey, let me wait till Monday morning and see if I can get a job at Costco. You're dealing here with serious drug cartel people, serious uh, organized crime that is bringing you in. And... Try, quite frankly, more of this is going on than you realize. When you get here, not only do you owe them the rest of the money there, they'll say, hey, I'm going to do, you know, you're going to do this, this, and this, in this case, de-beaking chickens, or I'm going to kill your family back home. In Southern California, 85% of Mexicans have family on both sides of the border. Think about what a huge burden that is, what a huge coercion factor that is, because the Mexican drug cartel's there, and it's here in the United States, and they will simply say, you're going to do this, or I'll kill your family back home, and it is very, very real. So I'm asking the people out here listening to us to look at this with new eyes, look around and say, are the people I'm seeing being exploited? It's easy for me to look at it and go, hey, you know, they're not supposed to be here, whatever it takes. But that does not alleviate the fact that this is a human being being exploited. Because when you get up here, they don't just allow you to get a job to pay you back. Everything that you do will cause them to charge you more money. In the case of sex, every time you use a mattress, they charge you. Every time that you... Um, eat food, they charge you. If you're selling flowers and oranges, they charge you for the flowers and oranges. And so it is very difficult for you to ever get out of that hole. There's a couple other cases that we looked at this week that are on our Facebook page uh, that you can look at and on our exploitedcrimes.org page that you may want to look at. One of them is a case involving a, a soft-spoken El Salvadoran man, or Salvadoran man. The headline is, Traffickers Force More Men into Servitude. And in this case, they had brought in a man who was an agriculture worker. And he actually had burns on his thigh, cigarette burns on his thigh, had a large jagged scar, probably from a broken bottle maybe, that runs clear up his shin. And quite frankly, he had said that he had been held on a remote ranch in Texas and held captive for several months, that he was forced to work, I think it was five months, he was forced to work without pay for five months, picking vegetables at gunpoint. And he was beaten 
and raped and burned with cigarettes. Now, I've done some work in the agriculture community having to do with trafficking, and there is more of this going on in that community than anybody realizes. If you know about it out there, if you're seeing it, I want you to be brave and call in. Call in at one 888 3737888. Let me say that number again because it's a very important number. That is 1-888-3737-888. And report that because men are exploited. Women are too, but men are exploited in ways you never dream possible. Some of them are brought in as nurses and they're working in six-pack care homes and they work long hours and they're forced to sleep on the floor next to the patient and they don't get to eat regularly and they don't get to eat with the regular people. And at the end of the month when their payment comes, they already paid a large amount of money to get that job and what will happen is rather than to get their pay, it'll be deducted. They'll say, hey, you owe me room and board. And so it's a real bad thing, they end up making almost no money, but they hold their passports and they're threatening to harm their families back home. So I hope you can get a picture of what it's like to be a male and be a male trafficked, whether you're an adult male or whether you're a teen male, it can happen. Now, the next section we're going to move into has to do with the sex trafficking of men and boys and uh, also sextortion. Quite frankly, we don't know how much this is happening. There was a study by the John Jay College uh, of Criminal Justice back in 2008, but it seems like uh, it's kind of a one-off study. We haven't seen anything quite like that. In that case, it suggested as many as 50% of the people being trafficked are boys. I don't know about that. Um, We know a lot less of them are being reported. Part of it is that people naturally think of male prostitution as being heterosexual. But I was surprised in my research that I did that only uh, 30%, maybe 33% are homosexual. The rest are heterosexual. And I actually went on Backpage and started researching this, looking at the boys that were for sale. And there was a lot of commonality. It was an interesting thing. You know how in Backpage with girls, we talk about new in town, last night only, one night in town. Same kind of thing with many of the young men that were being prostituted. And they were looking for female clients. It was a fascinating thing to look at. And they had been moved around from place to place to place. They had out-of-the-area phone numbers. They did in-call only. There were a lot of signs that are similar to females on there. So we're going to look at both gay and non-gay prostitution uh, in the next section. We're also going to look at some of the cases here and how it uh, how they actually transpired. There's actually a lack of screening and intake procedures set up for law enforcement and service agencies believe rooted actually in the belief that boys are not victims or that men cannot be victims. There's actually a shortage of outreach organizations to be able to help them get out of the life and help them get the services that they need. And there's really an oversimplification that takes place. And these these uh, 
come from some notes that I read from Shared Hope, which is an amazing organization doing really, really great work out there. I've worked with them somewhat. And if you want to read their research on the the, uh, trafficking of boys, I think it's a good thing for you to read. So the common age for boys entering the sex trade, they believe, is around 11 to 13 years old. They're not always pimped out. It's like you think of having a pimp with a stable, but rather they have a facilitator in there. Boys express a greater amount of shame and humiliation. In fact, I believe that we need different approaches in dealing with shame and trauma with boys. They'll also struggle with their own sexuality and their own gender identity once they have become victims, and they're at greater greater risk of physical abuse, STDs, and HIVs. So when we come back, we're going to look at the sexual exploitation of boys. We're going to look at some cases here. And then Susie's going to talk a little bit about some uh, social media and how it's used to exploit boys. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton
Hey, thanks for staying with us. We really appreciate it. So in this particular section, we are going to talk about the sex trafficking of boys. Before we leave the migrant issue, we had a case out of Salt Lake City that really caught my eye, and I wanted you to be aware of it. Because somehow we have this kind of veil in our brain that says, you know, if they're here, they're safe. If they're here from a foreign country, they're safe. Well, this case is out of Salt Lake City involving Victor Manuel Rax on here. This is alleged because it has not finished the court, so we'll see how the courts do on this. But what happened is, is that Rax sexually recruited undocumented Latinos. And these were young boys that were in the U.S., actually in Salt Lake City, and he forced them into sex and drug trafficking. What he would do is he would get them, first of all, hooked on drugs and becoming drug mules. Quite frankly, many of our young people are first lured in by the access of money. And, and in fact, it'll, the conversation will often start about, I'm glad you're not a drug user because you, you can carry these and I can trust you. And they see that as an income of money. So think about this. You're 14 and all of a sudden you have 300 bucks. Wow. And you spend it all that week and next week you need another 300. So you go right back to where the source is and pretty soon you are hooked on this and they're selling drugs in high schools and junior highs. So this is an interesting thing here because what happened is that he would have sex with them himself and say, I own you. You're no longer free. And in fact, I not only own you, I own your family. Remember what I talked about last segment where they will often tell you that they have family on both sides of the border and they are going to exploit that family on the other side of the border. And that holds you responsible. And that's what he did here. You don't cooperate with the federal authorities and traffickers would literally get away with what they're doing in this case because these guys lived in, first of all, they lived in the addiction of income and money and also the power of being a drug seller. And on top of it, they had the mere kind of threat that they don't dare tell or they're responsible for their family back home. Well, eventually he was pulled over and he had a teen boy with him. And so It was kind of an interesting thing because he had these kids so mesmerized, so indoctrinated that none of them would tell. There were three teens aged 15, 17, and 18, and they had started abusing the 18-year-old when he was 16. He supplied them for drugs for their own use, but he also supplied them with drugs for selling, and he would constantly threaten them with bad things to happen to him. Now I want you to look at this because this is not a whole lot different than female trafficking. When they picked them up and they tried to get them assistance and they tried to get them to talk about what had happened to them, the 18-year-old said, testify against him? I'm not going to. He, In fact, he said, I don't care where you send me. You can deport me to hell for all I care. I'm not testifying against Victor Rax. You'll see that a lot with these kids because they're severely indoctrinated. First of all, they're often drugged and they're indoctrinated. So that's a case of hardcore trafficking involving teenage kids. I want to talk about survival sex now. We're going to talk about the case of Sean Crumpler. He was 48 
And he's charged with one count of sexual offense with notice of HIV. Hello? A guy who is abusing teenagers with one count of notice of HIV? That ought to get everybody's attention. Well, the case is on our, our web page and on our, also, I believe, on our Facebook page. Susie can tell us that. But it talked <laughs> always about, there. Yeah, good. Susie's the best, trust me. That is an amazing <laughs> Facebook page. You need to go to me and kids' Facebook. You will learn more about human trafficking in a half hour there than you will learn anyplace else in America. Well, in the case of this guy, what happened is that he recruited dozens of boys from 16 to 21 years old. And he would uh, provide them a place to stay in exchange for sexual favors. In fact, it was understood that if you were going to live there, you were going to have sex with him. He would go on social network sites. His favorite was Grindr, G-R-I-N-D-R. And that's a website primarily for the gay community. His call name, his logo on there was Daddy. And he, he would go out there and he would offer them a place to stay. In fact, he would provide them free transportation from California to Colorado so that they could stay with him. And it was understood that if you were going to stay there, that you were going to have sex with him immediately. Now, this guy was one sick puppy, but he got away with it. They said that when they went in there, he said the documents they found, there were sex toys, a variety of documents, including phony social security cards and high school identification cards. Almost every square inch of every surface was covered by semen. There was actually a chore chart for these guys so that they knew exactly what happened. But here's what was really scary here. Not only was there bottles of alcohol and marijuana, But one of the problems was one of the jobs of the other victims was to recruit younger kids. And that is often the case, whether it's male or female trafficking on this, is that they will use the older victims to recruit younger victims. And so don't be surprised if you see a younger guy recruiting a younger kid. For instance, you might see an 18, 19-year-old. In fact, for the law enforcement and social workers that are out in the audience, I would encourage you to look beneath the surface because you'll get one of these cases and you see them as a victim and they are victims. But don't stop there. Ask yourself, what is this connected to? Are there more? Because these guys are never happy with just one. I want to refer for just a second about the case of David Yoder and uh, in there, and so that we can look at that. David Yoder is a case I've talked about before. He's, he is now imprisoned and sentenced, and he was a, um, a special needs teacher out in our desert area, out in Southern California. And he actually had adopted a special needs kid who slept in the bed with him as a, as a normal relationship in his mind. And he would set up a modeling agency uh, and have modeling flyers, and he would recruit young boys from, from skate parks. And then he would get those boys involved with other boys. There were four of them in that case. And so what was happening there is that they were recruiting, oftentimes involved with each other, 
and these were taking over a multi-state area. The reason I say that is that David Yoder is the epitome of a normal-looking individual. He had a normal job. He was a foster parent. He worked in a school. And you're going to find that many times that happens. We're going to be talking about in this next section, and uh, we might actually start it yet, of some of the social media that works with this. And one of the things that I'll show you is that it is interesting that many of these predators are involved with schools or law enforcement or uh, pastors, pediatricians. These are people that you would normally look at and never look at them as being someone that you would suspect. But I want you to look beneath the surface and say, what am I seeing here? The human trafficking case usually starts with the idea that, you know, there's just something not right here. And I don't want to accuse somebody wrongly, but I know there's something wrong here. We're, we're coming up on a break in about four minutes, but Susie, you want to go ahead and start talking a little bit first about uh, some of the social media that these guys use? Yeah, I want to talk about a case that uh, just broke this week. Uh, 25-year-old Douglas Lee, a former high school chemistry teacher from San Jose, California, mm. was cha- was charged in a catfishing scam by allegedly posing online as a teenage girl named Ray Pelletier to lure young boys into sending him sexually explicit videos and photographs between June 2014 through at least January 2016. Using photographs of an adult pornography star, Lee traded texts and explicit images with boys using the Facebook Instant Messenger application. Excuse me. Lee came under suspicion in April when Facebook became interested in the Ray Pelletier account And then Facebook notified the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children that the account was possibly involved in inappropriate communication with a minor. The Silicon Valley Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force received the alert and began investigating the account, which eventually led to Lee. Now, if Lee is convicted of the charges, he faces up to eight years in in, uh, prison. I want to address the misconception that teens are no longer on Facebook. Because as we know, Opal, in many of the cases, we see pimps and predators regularly using Facebook to lure and exploit teens. Now, we also know that teens use Kick, Instagram, and Snapchat, but they're definitely still using Facebook. Another example of the use of Facebook by a predator is our very own uh, Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, largest case to date, which uh, broke in November of 2015, where allegedly 44-year-old Eliberto Cruz Jacobo from Hemet, California, posed as a young female escort named Marlissa Garcia. Jacobo, as uh, Marlissa, would attempt to gain the trust of young females and persuade them to engage in acts of prostitution by glamorizing the escort lifestyle. He would send explicit photographs and photographs showing huge sums of cash. And if a girl showed interest... Jacobo would set up a date with one of, quote, Marlissa's regular clients, which obviously was Jacobo himself. Once he had sex with a girl, he would tell her he had the encounter videotaped and that now she had to prostitute for him or he would share the video. In total, task force officers have identified approximately 120 females who were contacted, wow. yeah, who were contacted by Jacobo using the Marlissa Garcia Facebook page. I also really want to emphasize this. This case was a result of a lead 
that came from a million kids presentation to teenagers in Riverside. After the presentation, two girls came up to you, Opal, to ask what was on their phones and if that is exactly what you were talking about. And when you saw it, of course, you forwarded that lead on to our sheriff's department. And the reason I mention this is I want our listeners to understand just how important educating about human trafficking and exploitation is in making cases and arresting predators. That's why we do this show. Um, So if, if you miss one of our live shows, you can still listen to an archived show by going to www.exploitedcrimes.com and also be sure to follow us on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash million kids. I post oh, four, five, six cases every day. Okay, that's great. We're up against a hard break, but I do want to make a comment here that both of the cases that Susie talked about are cases that are pending and going through court, so they are alleged perpetrators at this time. And uh, we are not here to pass judgment that they are guilty. This is what is reported that they have done. And we're going to let the courts adjudicate it and see where it comes out. But certainly it is they are cases that we can look at and understand the pattern of potential exploitation. We'll be right back. We're up against heartbreak. So we'll be with you in just a minute. And we're going to start then to talk about sextortion and males. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. 
That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, welcome back. In this segment, we're going to look at sextortion. And the reason I want to do that is I want you to think about the psychological aspects of the grooming in sextortion and, more important, the psychological damage that is done to an individual. It's an interesting thing because sextortion doesn't end in actual physical abuse in most cases. It's psychological abuse. And, in fact, I was thinking next week's show, I want to maybe go into the whole psychological process of the grooming process, the idea of fantasy relationships, and also the, the factors of shame and being in shame bondage and how that works and how that predators will use that. I think that'll be next week's show. But for this week, we posted some, show, uh, some cases on our uh, website, and I want to look at them. This particular one, uh, Stephen Funk, 35, and James Hancock, 45, have been sentenced. It has to do with about 300 minor victims. However, there were a potential of 1,600 minor victims lured to the website. Now, I want you to think about that because while there are 300 that were actually exploited, there were 1,600 potential exploited. And these cases are very hard to adjudicate. They're really hard to press charges if we can't show the actual damages. In this case, what happened is that uh, the defendants created false profiles on social networking sites like YouTube. And they posed as young teenagers to lure other children into the website they control. So get this. They made a YouTube of young children and used that YouTube to lure other kids. So I say to you, how do you prevent this? What can you do about it? And what does that mean to you? I mean, you're not going to keep your child off YouTube. And you're not going to keep your child off YouTube, especially if they're looking at other kids. But then again, when you look at some of these YouTubes, I looked at one this week that was just amazing to me. It was a 15-year-old birthday party, and the stuff that was going on in that thing was beyond the pale. And And I had to say, where the heck are the parents on this? But look at this here. They made these young people think that they were chatting with another minor. And they use them to coerce, entice, and engage them in sexual, sexually explicit activity on their own webcam, got them to make their own sexual activity video, and send it to them, and they began to explore them. This was a worldwide ring with 1,600 uh, potential p- uh, victims on it. I also want to look at a headline on there called Hylia's. I think that's how you say that, Hylia. Sextortion is sentenced to 139 years. Now, they really nailed this guy. He's 22 years old. Now, he's saying, no, no, I'm innocent. And his folks are saying, no, no, I'm innocent. That is a huge sentence considering that we have sex trafficking rings that sometimes only give four or five years. But these cases are hard to prove in court. In this particular case, Patrick Killian was convicted of posing as a teenage female cheerleader, and he he induced in about 300 boys to send him sexually explicit photos and videos of themselves. He then packaged and redistributed them out on male sex rings and child porn rings. 
When they refused to send him pictures of their genitalia and other private parts, he threatened to post the ones he already had in his possession on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media sites. Now, this is what Susie was talking about in the previous segment, is this will often happen. And when I talk to kids in school, I talk about, you know, don't ever, ever, ever send a sexual photo a photo of you in any form of being naked because the whole thing is a ruse and we must teach our kids if somebody asks you for a naked photo I don't care if they sent one first that's exactly what they do you are not the first person you ask in fact I've thought about starting a campaign that says don't be a sucker uh, because they're looking for a sucker out there they'll send you the photo of somebody they've gathered up and they'll want one back and okay so the first photo you send them isn't all that good okay maybe it's just partially unclothed it doesn't matter they have you in a shame-based box and they will begin to prey on you give me more give me more i'm going to ruin you with the one you have and you say to yourself well it isn't that bad well that's fine it's enough to ruin you and this is exactly what will happen in these and so in these cases we're talking about the sexual exploitation of boys I sometimes share this kind of uh, analogy or, or uh, scenario to you, to people that I share with. Think about this. Let's suppose you're a 13-year-old kid and you love to play World of Warcraft. And you go home every night and you're shooting it up in there. Your points are going up. You're a real star. Everybody loves you in your guild. You're talking to the team. You're having a great time. And one day a girl joins that team. And she's kind of keen on you. And you're going, whoa, baby, how good is that? A girl who plays World of Warcraft and she likes me. And every day you race home from school. And this doesn't happen like in a couple of days or a week. This will often take place over weeks. And, you know, she makes it very clear she's kind of fond of you. And you start your own relationship and you're sending things back and forth privately. And things are going really, really well. And one day she drops her naked photo on you. And now she wants one of you. And you're like, "Mm, I know better. But, you know, I think I know her. I think I can trust her. And you think it's wonderful. And you take your picture of yourself and all your naked glory and you shoot it back to her. And you are trapped like a fly on honey because she is really a he. And it's going to go out on a large-scale child porn ring. I've sometimes talked about the Jonathan Johnson porn ring. when had 27,000 users. So what happens when that photo goes on a child porn ring to 27,000 users? Well, it takes a lot of material to keep these guys happy. And all of a sudden, that guy is calling up. He's emailing you. He thinks he knows where you live. He wants some money. He thinks he wants to do some interesting stuff to his body. He thinks you might be gay. Hey, you could be a team. Or he's going to blackmail you. He's going to ruin you. He's going to hurt your family. He's going to put that on Facebook. He's going to put it at school. He's going to show it to the parents. And you are ruined. And that is how a boy who never, ever, ever once thought he would be a victim of trafficking or a victim of sextortion is now a very panicked boy. As a parent or as a social worker, I want you to think about the psychological impact on that young man. That young man right there is going to need counseling really quick because he's thinking of suicide. He's thinking of running away from home. He's wondering if maybe he is gay. 
He's wondering, you know, how do I get out of this? Wait till the folks find. I just had a case this week where a father came. He had heard my talk and he called me. And he told me, he said, all of a sudden my son needed money. He was selling this, selling that, and he's trying to get money anywhere he can. And he said, you know what, Opal, I thought of you. And I sat him down and I said, okay, tell me about your photo. And the kid said, how do you know? And he said, because I've read the book Seduce, the Grooming of America's Teenagers by Opal Singleton, and I know exactly how this works. And sure enough, he was a victim of sextortion. But this father had trained himself on how to look at it. He had trained himself on what to recognize. And more important, he could sit down with that boy and tell him, you know what? You made a stupid mistake and you're going to have to pay for it. We are not paying those people. That photo is out there, and if they ruin you, they ruin you, and I will stand by you. But don't ever do it again, and tell your friends, don't ever do it. You see, none of these boys or men ever thought for once they would be victims of human trafficking. They don't even see themselves as victims today. What they see is responsible people who made a bad decision, and they're trying to clean it up. Let's open our eyes to this, guys. Let's look around. Can we help? Can men get exploited? They just don't know how to tell you. They may be trapped in a job where they're being violated. Or a boy may be being sexually violated, and they can't bring themselves to tell you. Or maybe they've got that photo out there. If their behavior changes, if you see something suspect, the number is one 888 Please follow me and kids on Facebook. Go to Facebook and you will see these cases. Look at them not just for entertainment. They certainly are not that. Look at them from the standpoint of the predator, the victim, and law enforcement. We must say never again will one of these people be violated. We must be able to take this on in any way that we can. We hope that you will come back next week. The the show is also archived on exploitedcrimes.org. And at millionkids.org. Oh, thank you. Exploitedcrimes.com. Thank you, Susie. And millionkids.org. I think I got it right this time. You can archive this show on your church website, on your organization website. Contact Opal at millionkids.org. And contact us on the Facebook page any way you want to. Let's archive these shows so that you can train as many people as you can. So until next week, we hope we follow you follow us on Facebook. Send us an email at opletmeandkids.org. And please keep your eyes and ears out there. Next week, we're going to talk about the psychology of grooming and the impact of shame on a person, whether it's man, woman, or child. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.